fuck it. We'll do it live. Okay, starting off with an F word. All right. <laughs> uh, you could just cut that. <laughs> no, it's funny to keep it in. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is. Uh, nope, this is it. Intro that's, finished. That still is one of my, just one of the all time great uh, internet clips of Bill O'Reilly just freaking out on his staff. Yeah. What happened? Anyway, uh, he got. Uh, <laughs> The woke mob me to him <laughs> is what happened. Because apparently when you talk about your co-hosts honkers, you end up having to pay $30 million. Suck to suck. Yep. This was not the intro I planned, but it works. It's fine. Let's start. Oh, thing sucks! <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast with me, Sarah Todd, jazz beat reporter for the Deseret News, and as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, it's cold outside. This might be a little bit TMA for the listeners, but I am in... TMA? Or TMI, I don't know. (laughs) Might. I still feel like I'm in like a like a a post-Thanksgiving brain fog, but anyway, TMI. Sure. I, I am clad in long underwear right now oh that rule big old big old fuzzy wool socks i just took the dog out for a walk yeah and i didn't feel like putting on my winter pants because they're cumbersome and like stuffy and like it's not quite winter pant weather sure yeah i don't even know what winter pants are they're like snow pants. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. chilly here, too. It's 71 degrees. Shut the f- up. <laughs> yeah, I got like a winter uh, weather advisory on my phone. Like, hey, extra cold, uh, cold front coming in. And then, of course, you've got the inversion, which just uh. it just makes me want to die. Can I just say that the one thing that I didn't know about Utah, which has been a complete disappointment to me since moving here is that in my mind i thought oh beautiful mountains Mm -hmm. open landscape it's gonna be gorgeous and then i got here and i was like oh what is this toxic looking air and then i learned that it was toxic air (laughs) yeah they don't really uh put that in the pamphlet they do not put the inversion in the pamphlet yeah it's uh my my least favorite it's just it's gross like when you go up to park city or like up to the ski resorts in the canyons and you like you make that descent and it just feels like you're driving into mordor yeah it's really gross yeah anyway i'm excited for the next five months of that yeah not gross <sighs> yeah the jazz is too bits. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they look like a, an entirely different team. And uh, I know you and I talked about about it uh, off the show, but we can talk about it now on the show, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that Will Hardy is a man of his word and was uh, fed up with the... Yeah, I mean, at this point, everyone's heard all the all the quotes and everything about, you know, if you, if you want to play for the Utah Jazz, you got to give a... 
about the Utah Jazz. Uh, such a, that's such a good quote. That's an all-timer right there. Yeah, Will Hardy um, really, really laying into the team. I, I heard that uh, they had a team film session after the Portland game when they got back. <sighs> and To be a fly on the wall. Right. I heard that, like, no one was exempt, and it just, like, they went through every single person on the team and basically was like, well, this is where you f***ed up. This is where you've... This is... And just tore into every it. single player. I love it. And Because um, that was... I don't like to use the word inexcusable that often when it comes to basketball. That was an inexcusable loss. Which brings me... Because, like... I don't think that all the Jazz's problems are solved by two wins against the Pelicans, right? No, no, no. no, um, no. And so I, th- and certainly there will be ug- other ugly losses this season, but this is like a good upturn. Sure. I would have to think because they come back from a two-game road trip. They have a back-to-back on the road against Memphis and Minnesota, uh-huh. and then when they come back, their first game is against the Blazers at home, yep. and like you, I have to think that their goal is to just blow the doors off the blazers right to just prove that they total revenge game yeah like we're not the team that played you you know two weeks ago at that point that that was a fluke i have to think that that's gonna be and like if they somehow are beat by the blazers again they're gonna need another come to jesus moment yeah 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 uh like i know that i thought it was interesting that John Hollinger was talking about uh, the jazz needing a players only meeting after right. that Blazers loss. And it seemed like, you know, it wasn't exactly players only, but they definitely had that moment that they needed. Uh, and I props to Will Hardy was for saying like changes were going to come and, and it did. And like, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that the Jazz's starting lineup of the last two nights is going to officially stick, nor do I think it's their best possible lineup, but they definitely got max effort and it seems like the message was received. So props all around props to the players for recognizing that they messed up. Notice I didn't say the F word right there, Joey. Um, uh, As well as, you know, Will Hardy saying what needed to be said and sticking to his guns. Yeah, I guess that. So Lowry was out. Lowry and Jordan both out in the first game against the Pelicans. Uh-huh. Uh, Jordan was sick um, and he came back for the second game against the Pelicans. So because he was sick, they got back from Portland. He missed that practice and that team film session. Uh-huh. And so on the morning of last night's game, the second game against the Pelicans, um, Will had an individual film session with Jordan because he, because he missed the first one. And and he and again he like didn't hold back, and then what did Jordan do? He had ten assists. <laughs> yeah, and look, look great. I really like that's honestly. I think if you if you get Max Jordan Clarkson, we all know that he's a bucket. Yep. But when he's out there directing traffic, and he he because he is such a bucket, he commands 
so much attention and so much gravity that when he is being unselfish and looking for guys, he had a couple dump offs to Walker last night. That yeah. Was just beautiful. And can I just say, if we can go on a tangent, Walker Kessler looks like the Walker Kessler of last year again. Yeah, it does. It's amazing what happens when a guy is healthy. Yeah. Well, uh, and I think the to add to your tangent on Walker Kessler, like, should we talk about, I mean, he's coming off the bench right now. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's working. It's working. And I don't know. I don't know if we if there needs to be a longer conversation about whether or not he should stay there. Yeah, I don't know. I do. It is nice having uh, Yurt seven at the five with the starting unit simply because he has a better jumper than Walker and you have mm-hmm. to you have to respect that jump shot and he just opens the floor a little bit more allows John Collins to be in the paint and be the role guy I do think there's something to it because I I think the one of the biggest questions about this jazz team right now is if Walker Kessler and John Collins can coexist right and I think and, I think there's a there's an argument to be made for walker coming off the bench i mean obviously like you said uh omer's he's got a little bit more shot he's really really strong he's so like and he really showed that last night against Jonas valanchunas who yeah. is a bear of a human being yeah and yeah. exceptionally strong and so good at pushing people in the back yeah he also has heat culture in that DNA. Oh, yeah, he so does have that, that heat culture. That's true. He he's, that. <laughs> that, I mean, it's why he's so disciplined and so unselfish and hardworking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also an impeccable beard. Uh, wait, uh, Yurt 7 or Valentinus? Yurt 7 has the heat culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Valentinus has the beard. Yurt Seven has the heat culture. Yeah, they. I mean, they both have the beard. He's got. Yeah, he's. Yurt oh. Seven kind of looks like a Turkish Chad meme. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. Good, yeah, that is a handsome guy. <laughs> we need to one of these days. We need to have. We need to sit down and hash out all time handsome jazz men. The jazz have had some really good looking dudes in there. In their history. Who's the I mean, all-timer, Greg? Yeah, who's the all-timer? I mean, the, the easy answer is Ricky Rubio. It's uh, weird how, because... How old Neto's up there, too? I understand Honestly. that both of those guys are are good-looking to other people. I at least understand that because I've heard it so much. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. I will say it's very interesting... Uh I think Mehmet Okor is one of the very few people who's actually gotten better looking after he retired. He's aged very well. Yeah, he looks he's he looks great. Good for yeah. him. Honestly, Dark Horse, Ochai Abashi, total babe. Dude, Ochai is like the most classically it's handsome stupid. person in the world. He's you, chiseled cheekbones. You can, jaw. you can grate cheese on his cheekbones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, let me give it a little bit more thought. I'll compile a babe list. All right. Yeah. We can do that for the Patreon so I don't get fired from my job. No. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm only, listen, I'm here to objectify. Yeah, that's true. You but are I, here to I cannot, objectify. I cannot wait for the, are you gay, bro, comments. Excellent. Yeah, maybe I am. Who cares? What are you going to do about it? Um, Back to the Walker thing. 
<laughs> Not as good of a segue as my opening. Yeah, one. it's okay. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I just woke up from a nap. Um, yeah. I think that if we're talking about Yurt 7 starting, then there's an argument that Walker should just start anyways. Like, if you're going to use a traditional big, you know, a semi-traditional big, like, why not use the guy that you're planning on using long term? I think that if we were going to talk about Walker coming off the bench, uh, it would be, like, in order to play, like, Kelly in the starting lineup. Yeah, I I texted you about it last night, and I I just go back to what Will Hardy said last year about Kelly being the connective tissue, and he really like he really is. There's that's like the really is the perfect description of him, and his pa- we talked about it on the on the last Patreon episode. His passing has been such a joy this year. Yeah, his he's such a good screener. Uh, I love when he like plays the point forward role yeah. and they run the offense through him. He's just, he's never going to be a great, like, you know, he'll never be an all-star level guy, but yeah. he just does everything. Well, he's a, he's a good system defender. He rebounds, he can direct traffic. He's shooting over like something over 60% from three at home this year. It's really, really easy to take him for granted. Yeah, he is one of the one of again, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like that Mike Conley role for this team this season where he's obviously not the best player on this team. But he's so important. He is one of the most valuable. Yeah. Because of his skill set and the fact that he is a bit of a Swiss Army knife. You know what else he has? Heat culture. Uh, He He does have heat culture. He has a fantastic armbar. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I can't wait for the. I really hope. Just I really be- hope this becomes a running bit on this show for the entire year. I just want multiple years. I would just like for every good jazz player to be a Heat cast off now. Yeah. Uh, god, it sucks. The Jazz aren't gonna ever get Kyle Lowry because that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, him and that dump truck. <laughs> Two Christmas hams. <laughs> um, the wins against the Pelicans are nice. are good. Are good in the sense that the, I mean, the first one uh, we talked about this on the Patreon. The, that first win, it didn't matter who the opponent was because Will Hardy was so fed up that he was like, "All right, we're changing the starting lineup. Lowry and Jordan are out. All I want to see is like, if you don't win, I just want you to at least play hard through the like the length of the game." And so without Lowry, without Jordan, they beat the Zionless, CJ McCollumless, Trey Murphyless Pelicans. Good. A great win. Yes. Good. Uh then still without Lowry, Jordan back, uh, Zion comes back and they beat the Pelicans again. Now that's much better. Are we sure that having Zion in the lineup is a positive? Like I that don't know. actually makes the Pelicans better? Because I'm not convinced. I mean, everyone says it does, and I don't know. I this is a an argument that I have not not an argument, but I debate a lot about this among like NBA people. I don't believe in Zion. <laughs> and well, so how, how can you? Right. Like I have no evidence that he is going to be a legitimate NBA player that can stay on the floor because his he, his signature he, shoe should be a loafer. Yes. I just think that. 
if there if 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 you have to rest him at the beginning of the fourth quarter in a very tight game for one of two reasons, which are both valid in his case, one, not good at defense or two, literally needs a breather. Then that's not good. Yeah, I I want to like him so much more than I, I do. do. I do. I really like want to. it's very easy to be enamored with Zion William highlights or Zion Williamson highlights. But, and even uh, when he's like playing against the, against the Jazz last night, like there are times where like he gets the ball and he goes and drives in and I'm just like, yeah, you can't stop him. Yeah. He's like a when he does that, it's like he's a he's a bigger, wider version of Charles Barkley. Yeah, like you you're just not going to stop him and if you do you're going to yeah. draw you're you're not going to draw the charge that you think you're going to draw. But yeah, he's in his what? His fourth season now, still can't move his feet on defense. Uh yeah, is never I I really wonder if he's ever going to be in shape or if he's just going to end up being like a perennial Sean Kemp on the Cavs. Uh yeah, he's in his fifth season. He didn't play at all his third season. He missed the yeah, totality of it, but fifth total season of being in the NBA, and he's played a total of 128 games. Yeah, I have uh, bad again, news I, for you guys, I'm going to title what? this episode "The Pros and Cons of Zionism." Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is bad news for us. <laughs> hey, but you know what? The good thing is, uh, we're going to pick up John Fetterman as a listener. So. <laughs> That'll uh, be, that'll be. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> now I'm mad you made the best joke of the pod. God damn it. Podcast over. All right. Uh, do you know yeah. who's somebody I am really high on though? And I yeah. really like, and he just continues to get better. Is it Keontae George? Uh, a nice Keontae. A nice Keontae. <laughs> I love this kid. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. You know, I said a couple of weeks ago on the show, I wasn't worried about his offense. It was going to come and we should all be more excited about his playmaking and his tenacity and just the, the raw material that he possesses. And you know what? I was right. It's so nice. I I've asked, I've asked around I'm, since the jazz drafted him. I'd, I've asked scouts about him. I've asked other like other teams, front office executives, uh, people within the jazz, just trying to get a feel for like what they knew about him before the draft and like what they feel like Mm -hmm. potential pitfalls could be maybe too. Yeah. Um, And basically like everyone was very scared about his negative assisted turnover ratio at Baylor, which has been proven wildly inaccurate for what kind of a player he actually is right um and then the only other knock that i've heard is i heard from a scout from a different team that he was that he's very arrogant and i think that that probably comes with not spending like a good amount of time with Keontae because on first glance, if you like see his interviews or talk to him just maybe in the first couple of times that you do, mm-hmm. he has this like really, really confident smirk that he does while he's talking about something that he's good at. And it can come off as arrogant. 
But what I have learned in the past few weeks of being around him a lot is that it's not a, oh, I know better than you. I know that I'm good smirk. It's actually like a, a like, um, I know that I'm going to work harder so that no one can say that about me smirk. It's a confidence. Yeah. Like it literally is just confident and like not in a bad way either, because yeah. if there is anybody that cares about the game on this team, it's Keontae. Like yeah, he you can cares tell. so, so much. And he really, really wants to be, he wants to be better and he wants to be coached hard. Like he talked about that, that film session after the Blazers game and he had that little smile and he said coach is passionate about the game and I am too and it's like yeah. okay like he's not even going to take that in a bad way he hears Will Hardy yelling at him during a film session and he's like love it I need to get better I also feel yeah. this way I hear stuff like that and it just makes me want to double down on the kid yeah and then you hear on top of that like what you were sharing about when he was drafted about him completely changing his body in the off season yeah. and losing the weight so he could get, he could get faster and bouncier uh, as well as you talked about it, as well as Holly Rowe talked about it on the broadcast last night of once he was drafted by the jazz, he went back and watched every single, well, and watched every single Utah jazz game from last year, Yeah, which I didn't even do. <laughs> Yeah, there were plenty of games last year, especially at the end of the season where I was like, I, I, I'm going to go play blocks with my kid. Yeah, I don't I don't want to watch this. Yeah, uh, he watched every single game. And then on top of that, like made sure to get like, you know, clips cut of Conley playing with Jordan Conley playing with Lowry. Like, yeah. And he I just will, he just really cares. Yeah. And I will say when it comes to like the confidence thing. There's such a duality when it comes to confidence. And I think, and and there's a real, real duality, real binary with the type of confident players. Right. There are the super confident guys who are also very self-aware. Right. Like I can do this, but I also know my limitations, what it is I need to work on. Right. Those are the best players that you can possibly get. And it seems to me based on a small sample size the Keontae George is part of that group. And the worst possible guy, which I think the Jazz have a certain player on this team that will go unnamed, is the irrational, confident guy who also lacks self-awareness. Yeah. We can call the that. I would the, argue uh, the Jazz have several of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Like you can call it the Rick two and five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very fair. The Ricky Davis prototype. Yeah. Mm, don't don't besmirch my man Ricky Davis. <laughs> no, I right? love it. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest triple double in the history of the NBA. Yeah. I think and like to your point, I also think that, you know, if if people are worried about a kid coming out of college and being arrogant, like then how the hell are you finding NBA players? I was going to say, have you have you spent any time around athletes or playing basketball or anything like professional sports lends itself to a certain type of psychopath. There have been <laughs> in the history of the NBA, there have been 
barely over 5,000 people to ever play in that league. And all of them in their previous stops before the NBA were the guy. The guy. Yeah. You put Jose Alvarado on any rec league team that you and your boys play in, he's dropping 50 a night. Yeah. Because like that's how good these guys are. And I would argue that you do not get to that elite NBA level, the no. top, the top one percent of the top one percent of basketball players, you don't get that way unless you have some sort of confidence and belief in your ability. And a little smidge of arrogance, you gotta have it. You have to have it. <laughs> I would argue it makes you better. You know what's fun? Dropping 30 and talking shit. Yeah, being better than everyone else. That's fun. Pointing at somebody on the other team and saying, (laughs) that man can't guard me. Yeah, you suck. Hitting hitting somebody with the too small. Yeah. I love it. On the other hand, uh, the worst (laughs) draft picks of my life, the Golden State Warriors made because a guy wore a suit to his meeting because a guy went, to dinner by himself without an entourage and also could speak Chinese. Uh, That's what they liked about him was how humble those guys were. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, maybe maybe draft uh, the opposite of the humble guy, um, Golden State Warriors, when you're in the lottery next year. (laughs) And I think, I mean, I think that there is a way of being humble and having humility without going to dinner by yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think that you can both be like a an ultra confident athlete and still have humility about yourself mm-hmm. in yeah. fact i would say isn't that like what people like about steph curry is he seems like an incredibly normal guy and then a psychopath when he's uh yeah like dancing on the court like that's one of my (laughs) all-time favorite like tropes about the nba is how humble steph curry is yeah (laughs) he grew up in the nba (laughs) yeah not only that but like there is there are very few people in the league who will let you know that they are busting your ass Mm-hmm. more than, more Steph, than Curry. Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry will do his little wiggle dance. The shimmy. He'll do the he'll do the Ric Flair woo. He will dance on your, your grave. grave. Yeah. Did you see While Jeff dropping Teague? 45. Did you see Jeff Teague telling that story? It's yes. like yes. one of the funniest things in the world. When Jeff Teague's <laughs> podcast is so fun. It's, it's such best. a I, I thoroughly enjoy I, I get a lot of his like Instagram and YouTube clips in my yeah. algorithm and they're He's all the funniest. so He's good so funny. that story he talked about Jimmy Butler coming in and busting the wolves oh, yeah. lineup, uh, with the uh, with the second and third unit is a must listen yeah whoever you are right now stop what you're doing and and Google Josh Teague Jimmy Butler podcast. It's Jeff. It's very- Google Jeff. I don't know what you yeah. know when you Google Josh Teague. But, <laughs> Sorry, Jeff Teague. Uh, my you bad. Probably get like a guy I played softball with in third grade. Um, <laughs> uh, brain, I'm t- I'm serious about this brain fog, guys. Shout out to Josh Teague wherever he is. Josh Teague, a legend. Anyway, Jeff Teague. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll, I also 
was reminded, I think that it was during a press conference or like a post-game availability this season, Chris Paul was asked what, because like Steph got on a heater and started doing his shimmy and some of his stuff. And Chris Paul was asked like, oh, what do you think when that? He's like, oh, I've seen that before. Yeah. Because like being on the other side of it, that'll really piss you off. Yeah. Being next to it on his team, totally different feeling. Anyway, he is the guy that people would describe as humble. Uh, right. And he's not. That's no, that's he's not. not at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, Chris <laughs> Paul is a psychopath. I always I always tell people the story whenever they're like, oh, man, Steph, likes, he's so normal and he's so humble. And I'm like, OK, well, when I was covering the Warriors before Steph got really, really big. Right. He had a post it in his locker room, in his locker. Uh, and it literally said on it, like, make eye contact be nice to reporters, be, be, be humble. And it's like, if you're a normal human, you don't need, you don't need reminders to be humble. That is some Patrick Bateman. <laughs> it's very funny. And like everyone else looked at what it. Was, is that? Everyone else looked at the post-it and was like, Oh, that's, that's really nice. Like that's oh, He's such a nice person. He wants that's to be nice to us. And I'm like, does it take him post it to be nice to us? I'm gonna That's put a- the second weirdest NBA post-it. The first <laughs> is when Michael Beasley got arrested with all... Not Mike. When Malik Beasley got arrested with all that weed, the cop said he had a post-it note that, dis- that told him how to smoke it. <laughs> no stems, no sticks, no seeds. Oh... I love bullet point two puff comma <laughs> puff comma pass period. Remember inhale. <laughs> Step uh, four always pass to the left. Uh, that's hilarious. Incredible stuff. Also, Malik Beasley is another weird human being, but we've. <laughs> we've covered him on the pod before so um but yeah like if if everyone wants to talk about Steph Curry being like the most humble and like most oh he's just like us right no he's not no, he's not he's an insane person <laughs> who like likes to like you said dance on people's graves and needs to be reminded to make eye contact (laughs) eye contact when he talks to people steph curry will beat you in a shooting contest blindfolded yeah uh and also you can't deadlift 400 pounds yeah yeah so i think produce a mini golf tv show yes that that too (laughs) and i think uh you know uh call the cops on anyone who Walks in his gated community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are we still talking? My ta- three-point line. Um... <laughs> Steph Nimby's good. That yeah. would be a good character. Uh, what else do we have? <laughs> You're not even going to give that any. No. Any anyway, the reason the message is Keontae George be more like Steph Curry. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's the Put up a post-it note that says uh, dance like a maniac when you uh, when everyone is watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the maniac. It's when the everyone's watching. Right. It's the opposite of like oh dance when no one's watching. The yeah. NBA player post-it says dance when everyone's watching <laughs> but also be humble in interviews. be humble 
And also, it's my favorite thing is like NBA players will be the first ones in an interview on a microphone in front of a camera to say, I, I'm humble. And it's like, I think you just proved your the opposite point by saying like you that's not those things you say. Right. How much does Steph Curry love that Kendrick Lamar be humble song? It is his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what he, else? He and his wife went to a Lumineers concert one time. I don't even, I think Kendrick oh, might God. be a little hard for him. Frankly. Uh, they've also been to Disney on Ice no yeah. less than 10 times. <laughs> Let's not besmirch the good folks at Disney on Ice. It's a really mm-hmm. great way to spend an afternoon with your toddler. It's definitely it better than the Lumineers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do I know? A, I don't know if I know a single Lumineers song. That's the one that goes, hey. Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> it is. Oh, so every folk song? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but <laughs> this one in particular has a lot of pace. Yeah, the, the Lumineers brand. Like, so it's like a folk song <laughs> slash like <laughs> Nazi German uh, soldier marching chant. Yeah, but your 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 explanation of oh, like every folk song that is what the Lumineers are hoping you say about them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, great. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to continue not listening to the Lumineers. Steph, Steph, <laughs> Steph Curry also uh, went viral for being like at a Paramore show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kendrick might be a little. I don't mind Paramore. Yeah, that's. I would say that's probably better than the Lumineers. I'm pro Haley Williams. She seems nice. I take it you weren't in her band then. No, Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked at that Wikipedia page, but uh, boy, they fired a a lot of musicians from that band. Is there a controversy section? Uh, sorta, but it's a lot of uh. There's been multiple lawsuits between band members. Oh. <laughs> Maybe there's like knew- a Fleetwood Mac situation going on. I knew I didn't like her. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> that seems like right up your alley, the kind of music you'd be into. No, it was it was at the time that Paramore started getting big, it was a little too soft and I thought I was too hard. Oh, so you were like you were like Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, and and harder. I was like, I need it to either be weird or screaming. And she actually sings, and so it's not for me. (laughs) Welcome to a Savage Balls. (laughs) My God, would have listened to this podcast immediately. (laughs) Um, what is there anything else? Uh, I don't know. What's up? Um, What's up, Joey? I actually have a question for you, Sarah, as someone who travels with a team. Uh, Is the Phoenix Suns arena louder and more annoying musically than any other arena? Um, Louder and more annoying musically? Yeah, because I don't know if you saw Steve Kerr's embarrassing rant about that. Where he said the techno was playing too loud the yeah, entire he time. Yeah, was, he was bothered by <laughs> the, the pros and cons of Zionism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know that I've ever noticed. I'm trying to think. I was just there recently. And I I often complain about music in arenas. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also an old man. And so... I, I get that, but I don't think that I've noticed that Phoenix is any louder or weirder than anywhere else. Which leads me to my next question. What's sure. the most annoying arena? You've been to them all. Yeah, I mean, it's different 
I think that a media member's answer is going to be vastly different than somebody else's. That's fine. Answer it the way you want to. I do, <laughs> there's very few people. There's very few people who've been to every arena. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Atlanta's arena is very annoying because like there are a lot of good things happening. I like the arena. I like specifically oh, the like Oregon. the arena. I like the arena. I love the organ, like the Sir Foster. Um, <laughs> oh, the but, Killer Mike Barbershop, yeah. But the media s- section is right next to the, like, quote-unquote fan section. And so it's The Hawks just, have fans? Yeah, it's just, like, a hundred people who stand the entire game and, like, don't stop screaming. And it's incredibly hard to hear anything happening there and so like if you're on that side of the arena it has to be the most annoying thing in the world so um i also don't like uh when i very first started covering the nba i wasn't given the kind of like treatment i am now you know 11 years in and having like a reputation and being like a full-time beat writer when i was covering the warriors like kind of part-time at first when I would go to Staples, they wouldn't give me a seat in the regular media section. They'd make me go up to the hockey halo, mm-hmm. mm. which is like seven stories up. You can't see the court. It's so far away, but it's also not that far away from like the nosebleed seats. And I thought, wow, you can't see anything from up here. This arena sucks. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel bad for people at crypto.com arena who can't afford a good seat because there are some arenas where there's no bad seat and that is not one of them yeah i'm one of those people that's why i don't go to basketball yeah Um, (laughs) it's very funny there's still a crypto.com arena i know that rules that's Um, that's that great it's also funny because i was recently in la and my hotel room was like looking down at the roof uh of crypto.com and the r was burned out Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this seems like it's on its way in the correct direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next question for you, Sarah. Yeah. And Greg. Yeah. Uh, Greg Popovich hopping on the microphone. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm so you brought this up. <laughs> uh, first off, um, have you ever seen a coach grab a microphone in between a player shooting free throws before? Because I have not. No. Uh, no. You know. Uh, would not be the first time uh, Greg grabbed the mic during a game, except for the last time that he did. I think that he was telling everyone to, like, cheer for Dirk, right? Yeah, that like, was fun and funny. Yeah, right? that, that was, was fun good. and nice. Yeah, yeah. And this one was not fun no. and nice. Do you think this is actually some sort of reverse psychology by Greg Popovich being like, because that's a surefire way to get fans to boo even harder. Mm-hmm. I wonder. No, just gonna. No, I'm just. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, it's fair. For, it's Forty fair. chess from the pops' brain. I don't know. I mean, I think that for so long that we've known Greg Popovich as a certain type of guy, and eventually he was going to become an old man, right? Mm-hmm. He's always been an old man. I know, but like in a way that was tied to his like coaching. Yeah, and this was just like old man takes Mike. Mm-hmm. My take is that if co- the only reason a coach should be on a microphone, the opposing coach should be on the microphone 
when another player is shooting free throws is to heckle them basketball style. <laughs> yeah. Like, if he had yes, taken it to absolutely. make fart noises, I'd be all for it. But this yeah. is... If, if, he'd have gotten on the, if he'd have gotten on the mic and been like, you never should have left San Antonio, Kawhi. I hope yeah. you make these free throws. Like, Yeah. All right. Well, what if you I grabbed it and question. just said Baba Booey? the jumbotron just shows howard stern's face (laughs) i actually do have a question for you jazz related sarah Mm -hmm. how serious is larry markinen's hamstring oh uh, um it's going going to be oh that's probably should have been the top of the show all right (laughs) my bad bad producing (laughs) uh Oh, this is this is good. This is the way. You know, this this he, is how we keep them. This is how we yes. keep the people. Oh, by the way, listen to the very <laughs> end of the episode <laughs> for a hamstring update. <laughs> for a hamstring, yeah. Because I mean, I I know from personal experience that hamstrings are extremely fickle. I know that the Mike Conley hamstring is still a fairly fresh wound. Yeah. Uh, for jazz fans, uh. How serious is this uh, hamstring strain? Because yeah. I mean, originally it was just like, oh, he tweaked his hamstring. In he absolutely practice. did. Yeah, there's, and there's... now it's been upgraded to a hamstring strain, which I know has caused more heartburn for Jazz fans. So I would like to get your your pulse on the situation. I mean, the changing of the terminology from hamstring soreness to hamstring strain. Like, I will say to basketball fans everywhere, like, how do you think that your hamstring gets sore? Like it's because it's strained, right? Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, probably someone in the medical staff just like wrote it down one day and then wrote it down different the next day, and they write down on the injury report exactly what the medical staff write down. Like that, right. the the terminology of that is means absolutely nothing to me. Um, but yeah, he tweaked it at practice. Um, and hamstrings and calves are incredibly incredibly fickle and the jazz from everyone that i've talked to they're just being ultra ultra careful i would expect for him to probably miss this back-to-back on the road he because it's a back-to-back on the road right they're going memphis to minnesota um probably talk about practice right um but when they come back i i bet he's back for the portland game I, I don't think that I think that they're just holding him out right now just to be extra, extra cautious. Lowry didn't want to sit out at all. He wanted to play against the Pelicans in the first game. And so I think they're just like, hey, take the week off and come back. So I don't think I don't think it's a big deal. I think they're being extra cautious. Um, if it if it goes beyond the Portland game, I would be surprised. Well, that makes me feel better about things. Yeah. Because like, and also if, if it was the playoffs or something, like he wouldn't have even sat out that first sure. Pelicans game. Like he, he's not like hurt. They're just also the the jazz are really scared about hamstrings too. Yeah. And so I think they're, they're going to be a little bit more cautious than, than other teams might be in that situation. The Heat might share... have their heat culture, but the Jazz have hamstring culture. They absolutely yeah. have hamstring culture. I love ham culture. <laughs> ham culture. Moon's I... over my hammies culture. That's why they need Kyle Lowry. I'm so goddamn hungry. I'm hungry, too. I Can woke I... up from a nap and just went straight into this, and I feel like my brain's yeah. on fire. I'm just stupid. I'm blaming it on the inversion. 
hey, doing weird things to my brain. Tell everyone where they should be on December 12th. Yeah. Brigham's Bar Bash. We are officially, it is it is Tuesday, November 28th. We are exactly two weeks out. We are, let's see, 340 hours away. Ooh, you're good at math. I, you, I'm good at simple It's math. the inversion. <laughs> it yeah. makes him good at math. Yeah. Um, no, I'm like talking good at math. It's really yeah, exactly. weird. It's, it's, it, it, it literally inverts Greg. Um, <laughs> anyway, we are very close. <laughs> uh, Brigham's Bar Bash. It is happening uh, Tuesday, December 12th at Acme Bar Company. That is 837 East, 2100 South in Sugar House at 6 p.m. Warm clothes and or non-perishable food get you in the door. All proceeds, all donations will be given to either the Utah Food Bank or Salt Lake City Mutual Aid. Uh, and Acme is a super fun holiday-themed bar. They they just tore down all of their, their Thanksgiving and Halloween decor. It's all – like it's just perfect dive tiki bar uh, Christmas style. Uh, they have exceptionally good cocktails. Uh, if you've ever been to Water Witch – that is their their parent bar, and we all know how good of cocktails they have there. So yeah, come out, hang, imbibe, and let's do some good for the community this holiday season. Yeah, and, seriously. Like, and even if you don't want to drink a cocktail, even if you don't want to hang out all they night, have we, cranberry juice. We understand that it's a Tuesday, right? Like, we're doing this to do some good. So it starts at six. There are no excuses. Bring some warm clothes. Bring some canned food, bring something and hang out for a little bit and help us do some good for literally our community. Amen. You know Great. what else the listeners could do to be good for your community, Sarah Todd? They could subscribe to our Give Patreon. You, money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking uh, I might send uh, an invitation to all the Josh Teagues on Instagram to see if they want to come to the bar bash. That would be incredible. Uh, I might just them, do that. Have them subscribe to the Patreon. All Josh Teagues, you're welcome. I just um, want to be smart once in my life. <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> but yeah. such a dumb human being. Go subscribe to the Patreon. It's only what is it? Five dollars a five month. Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. We've got In our economy. Our episode where we interview Ochai Abaji. You like him. He plays for your team. Handsome man can handsome man cheese with his cheekbones. If you want to hear him talk about the the thirst TikToks that are made about him, go there because we talk about it. Uh, we've got a mailbag where we cover plethora and myriad things about the jazz and we've got more player interviews more bonus content coming up there so go subscribe to our patreon easy to find what is it patreon.com backslash unsalvageables unsalvageable Unsalvage you asked me to change it so i did i did i did, I did ask you to change it because that's our yeah <laughs> All right. I was all about having brand synchronicity yeah, across multiple platforms, and someone decided to throw a wrench in those. Plans. I literally produce this show and do am never sure if there's an S on it or not. So don't worry, listeners uh, e or listener. 
whichever it is. <laughs> <laughs> <The> listener. <laughs> it's just us three. Yeah. Our listeners calling. <laughs> uh, Love you, big guy. Miss you. Y- you can follow Greg at Dad Sham Dad. You can follow me at NBA Sarah. You can listen to Joy's other podcast, Round Ball Rock, anywhere you get podcasts. And we will talk to you next time. Josh.